0: Hello, and welcome to the Evolution Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ferraro, here with my co host, Dave Sanders. Uh, this week we're going to hit part one of part two. Uh, it's going to be just kind of around some general sports questions, uh, just some topics that you guys have thrown to us. I wanted to get our opinions on them. Um, Figured we give them to you, and uh, you guys can give us some feedback on what you think of our opinions uh, when you hit us on the Evo Sports Podcast Twitter handle. Uh, so, Dave, I'm going to kick it right to you. Where are we on, Where are we starting?
1: Let's start with the AAF. So we know these other leagues are launching AAF this year, XFL next year. What do you think's the likelihood that one of these leagues actually lasts long-term?
0: Um, I guess it depends on what you consider long-term. Um, I just want to see them get out of at least year one, year two. Um, I think a lot of what it's going to take is they've got to have some, some better QB play. It's been pretty bad. Um, people like scoring, so if they can get, kind of keep the excitement factor up, I think it'll do well. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest point. I mean, people always complain in the NFL when the primetime game features bad quarterbacks, and these quarterbacks are worse than those. Um, so that's pretty that's pretty bad. Uh, I think the other thing is to have some success stories. So whether it's linebackers, defensive backs, different guys making it to the NFL from the AAF or the XFL, that'll at least get some more interest in the product, saying maybe this, this is how you find some future guys.
0: Yeah, I think the same thing kind of goes for coaches too. I'd love to see the NFL really buy in, whether it be the AAF, I haven't seen the rule package yet for the XFL, so we don't quite know how well that's going to translate. Um, but I'd love to see some up-and-comers get a shot. You know, you might get a coach, two coaches, uh, just kind of really build some momentum. I think if they keep it in the springtime, they'll do well. Uh, they definitely can't have either one of them roll into the fall and try to compete with college football or the NFL. If you watched the thirty for thirty for the XFL, this is this was the XFL. Um, you know, Vix McMahon, Dick uh, Ebersol from NBC, were talking about it. Did you catch that one?
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, so I know if you and we'll we'll send this uh, post out. There's a shot on YouTube. It's like the last like two minutes of it. The, you know they're sitting down. This was what twelve, fifteen years ago. Going, you know, hey, we really could have made this work. We should have made it work. You know, we probably now we know what to do. You know, should we do this again? What do you What are your thoughts of doing this again?
1: Yeah, that was really cool. And now to see them, you know, Vince McMahon announced the XFL is coming back in 2020. He's put a lot of money into it, hiring Oliver Luck, Andrew's father, for 20 million to come over and do that from the NCAA. And then Dick Embersol from NBC jumped ahead of him, launched the AAF one year sooner with a lot of um, you know former NFL people, front office people, players involved. So it's really cool to see them not only just kind of reincarnating what they did before, but doing it against each other this time.
0: Yeah, like I said, I think it'll be exciting. Uh, there's really that kind of springtime lull for football. Um, you know, the, the, the hardcore guys are going to watch the combine, going to get real excited for it. Um, but. Like I don't really need to watch a bunch of guys run around in tights for me to get to to enjoy it. Uh, so I think there's this nice nice lull here in springtime could really fit, if not two leagues, you know definitely something to go there. Um, but kind of speaking on that on that football, I know last I think it was last night came out. My my days have run together, but uh, the Raiders moved a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown. First thought,
1: it speaks to the trade market for him. Um, the Pittsburgh felt like they had to make this move given. The cap hit they're going to take, uh, $21 million on the books, no matter whether he plays there or not. To get back only a third and fifth is a really light return.
0: I agree 100%. So I think a lot of this kind of goes with where contracts are structured. Um, Brown won, is still owed a lot of money um, by Pittsburgh and now Oakland because they just kicked in a bunch of bonus money for him. Um, but it's just one of those, it's, it's just he wasn't super cost effective. And do you think him and his couple of interviews helped out at all?
1: No, I think he tried to make it as untenable as he could, and he, in his, probably in his mind, he succeeded. He gets more money. Um, he's probably made himself a bigger name to people, especially outside the sports world, and now gets to go to Oakland, soon to be Vegas, be the, you know, cornerstone of their franchise, be on all the billboards, um, get all the attention there, and he probably won't do a lot of winning. Um, I guess. What do you think of the football fit there? Um, they got rid of Cooper, which.
0: Some people will tell you it was a good move. Some people will tell you that was the terrible move. Um, You know, Gruden's really putting his own stamp on it. I guess it's kind of how I look at it. Are they going to suddenly go to the Super Bowl? No. Um, But he's got a shot from from a West Coast standpoint, kind of really being the star. You kind of look at, you know, I look at it as who's the real big beacon out there. So when they go to Vegas now, you've got Antonio Brown, you've got something to go with. So I think it's I think it's good for the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I don't think. There's really anything wrong from their point of view. I mean, um, using up some cap space really isn't a huge problem because they haven't been major factors for free agents anyway. Um, and I think the football-wise, my biggest thing would be you have to make a decision here on Carr before the season starts. Um, if you get back into that 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight range, that can get you into QB purgatory, really, where you, know, you look at, well, Carr improved. Well, Carr maybe just improved because he had Antonio Brown. And this might be the time to go make a deal for Kyler Murray or haskins or somebody else that you think hey this guy could be here for a long long time
0: yeah definitely so i car's owed i think 25 million i don't know so it's over 20 it's something stupid um so yeah i think it's really this is now the gut check of hey what are we going to do um there's nothing to say they can't move on from Carr either kind of dump that salary but i mean if you look at what the raiders were able to net through that of their three major trades now they gave up khalil Mack, who's arguably you know top five defender uh, in the league, at regardless of position, Amari Cooper, who some people will tell you is you know a top end wide or some wide receiver, some say not so much. Um, a 2019 third, a 2019 fifth, a 2022nd and 2026th. So two low end picks, two you know one second, one third, kind of a lot. But they got Antonio Brown, three two first rounders in 2019, a 2020 first rounder, 2022nd and a 2025th. It's
1: a That's pretty, pretty solid haul. Yeah, and it gives you the flexibility to move up in the draft, move back. Um, they can go a lot of directions with us now. They could be in play for Rosen too, if um, if Arizona decides they really want Murray, you could possibly get uh, Rosen at a discount.
0: What do you think Arizona takes Murray number one overall?
1: I think Murray goes one zero one no matter what, and then it's just up to whether Arizona thinks they you know they really believe in him that much or not. But if I had to bet on it right now, I would say Arizona takes him, moves Rosen for probably a second day pick. What do you think? Oh,
0: yeah, interesting. Um, I, I personally I think Arizona's done a great job, you know. I, this time of the year it's all about rumors and leaks and do does Arizona really like Kyler Murray that much? Um, you know, you've heard kind of everything over the spectrum. You've heard that Cliff Kingsbury likes well, you know, Josh is my quarterback right now, but not necessarily going forward. You know, he would take Murray overall. That was before he got the the Arizona job. But then there was the reports about how Murray bombed his interview, couldn't do the whiteboard, not a good teammate which seemed to be unsubstantiated, but they were out there for a couple of days. So that was a buzz. Um, if it's me, I think Murray does get taken one overall, but I do believe it does not go to Arizona. I think a trade gets made because um, from a QB standpoint, there's not that super flashy big name. There's not a Carson Wentz. There's not a Goff. There's not, you know, those real big, what I feel like are those can't miss type prospects. Not that, you know, Wentz didn't have question marks or those kind of deals, but I just don't see it with Murray personally.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a higher risk factor here given his size, uh, limited time starting in college, all those factors really. And, and it, he still could go play baseball if he chooses. Um, I think one thing with these quarterbacks is like if you look at Carr, for example, he had a decent rookie year. And I think we always have to remember that the like, project, progression for quarterbacks isn't linear. Like we always think, well, they'll get a little bit better next year and a little bit better the next year. And Carr's really kind of stayed at that same point. The Dolphins saw that a bit with Tannehill. I hope that's not the case for Rosen. There's still like a lot of room for growth there, especially that he inherited Mike McCoy to start the his career. That's not a great starting place. Um, so I think with Carr, I think they, to your point, they probably need to move on from, from Carr. There might be a market for him in Miami where they really don't have anybody right now. And I, if anybody's going to trade up for the number one pick, I think Oakland's the leader right now.
0: Yeah, so I think Miami's the team that's kind of a bit in flux. Uh, they've realized Tannehill's not the guy, so I think they're – kind of a bit of a disarray as they try to figure out where they want to go um so i mean they could possibly trade off for murray they could look at trading for rosen uh
1: the giants need a quarterback
0: you know there's there's some teams out there that i think could make some moves
1: yeah i agree i think washington's still in the mix even though they traded for keenum they only took on half that salary so i could see them bringing in another guy to compete
0: yeah like i said washington's kind of just traded bad quarterbacks for bad quarterbacks but hey that's the way dan snyder likes to work um so
1: kind of looking at the combine, what was your biggest takeaway there? Yeah, I think DK Metcalf's 40 time was pretty incredible um for his size to run out 434. Not many guys his size have done that, but then as we noted offline, his um, his shuttle and three cone times were really like historically bad. And I think you even uh, brought up that they were slower than Tom Brady's. That they were. Can't get much so, and then we saw this, I think, more recently. His,
0: like, 10-yard split was something stupid. It was like 1.3. Something real stupid fast. Um, so, he's going to be real good on a go route and a hitch route, which uh, we talked about, like I said, offline. And we can send those tweets out for you guys. Um, which is what he ran. 60% of his his targets, I think, were either go routes or hitch routes. So, Yeah, to have that I mean, much
1: production on those routes is insane. I think nobody else has had production on those routes more than, like, 40% of theirs before. 45%. So it shows that he's a simple, like straight line speed, you know, go down the field kind of guy.
0: Yeah, I think the next closest one from a pro standpoint, I think it was Mike Evans. Um, I think he was at like forty percent. So I mean, there's, there's, I just worry about because you're gonna have to spend a lot of, a lot of draft capital to get Metcalf. Um, probably a lot on the fantasy side as well. And I just worry about is he like really a
1: two or three trick pony? Yeah, and we've seen. These smaller guys that are excellent route runners, like Stefan Diggs, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, all these guys don't have to have the huge frames or elite speed to be successful. Uh, really, it's about getting that separation at the catch point. So for me, he's probably third, fourth, fifth receiver on my board. Definitely not the first one. Yeah, he's somebody that I. It's
0: almost I. I get Keith kind of use kind of a process standpoint, but there's so there's enough red flags out there from a lack of production in college from. You know, the, the cone drill shows that he's super stiff. He's got great acceleration. We've seen that in 10 yards. But his cone drill, his other things show he's real stiff in the hips. Um, so he's, he's a physical specimen that can run real fast, but he can't turn.
1: So I, it's weird does he turn into that Hayward Bay type where he's he's out there running fly routes. Yeah. yeah. he could definitely take the top off a of defense. But, yeah, to your point, once those pictures came out that showed him extremely jacked, almost like too jacked, to me that didn't seem like a positive because you're going to lose some fluidity there. And it almost reminds me of like the guy carrying grocery bags. Like he's always stuck in that pose. Um, so to me, that's definitely not a positive. Yeah, like I said, it, that, that, there's enough red flags there that
0: at what he's going to go for, I'm probably not comfortable taking him. You know, if this was a second second day pick, probably, but he would probably get taken in the first round or early in the second. So he's he's probably outside where I'd be comfortable going with him. I'd rather almost say I'd rather miss this one than take it and end up with another Kevin White um, you know, or Hayward Bay comes to mind just because they're real fast, can run a route or two, but they're not a super polished on the tree.
1: Yeah, and he didn't have a ton of production in college yet. It's mostly built of a projection, so that makes it even tougher to rank him so high.
0: And the hard part now is the NFL doesn't give you a lot of time to kind of grow into that, uh, especially if you're going to be taken taking in the first round or taken in the upper half of the round, uh, especially in the upper half of the round. But even if you're you know, first-day pick, early second-day pick, there's not a lot of time for you to figure it out before you get the bust label or they're moving on. Um, I always think back to Nelson Aguilar. The Phillies ready to murder him after Mm -hmm. about four games.
1: Yeah, and he had um, an issue with drops there, and it seemed like, man, he might even get cut from his rookie deal before it expires. And then he saw a sports psychologist really turn that around, and he's turned into a a solid player. Um, Definitely not a leap, but kind of what the Eagles had hoped for when they drafted him.
0: Definitely. Like I said, he, he, he turned out all right, but it's one of those – a lot of those guys don't. Uh, so, for me, for Metcalf is a takeaway I'm a little concerned about. Kind of where he's at. Um, the other thing, the, my biggest takeaway from the combine is there may not be super elite talent in the position players at wide receiver and running back. There's some good guys. There's some guys that I think will be good workhorses, but um, this is definitely a, a defensive draft.
1: Yeah, it seems like a lot of the high picks especially will be uh, defensive linemen. It's definitely a time to grab running backs, maybe not even in the first round, maybe a second round. I could see Jacobs out of Bama going in the first round. Um, I like Montgomery out of Iowa State a lot. (sighs) Then it kind of falls off a bit. Um, It's definitely not – we don't have um, McCaffrey's coming out, Gurley's coming out, Fournette's, those kind of guys. Um, So to your point, it's definitely more of a defensive-focused draft. And then the quarterbacks themselves, we already talked about Murray, but Haskins, Locke, Greer – a lot of those guys, probably Haskins makes it in the first round, but then some others maybe late first, second, third round guys.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of those, if there's a – from a skill position player outside the, you know, the couple names that we've mentioned, whether it be you know, Harry, Brown, Metcalf, um, from a receiver standpoint, Brown, Harris, Montgomery, a couple other guys, and really get away from those two quarterbacks, this is the chance where you can almost draft somebody to be able to develop them a little bit. Uh, like, you know, Will Greer was pretty good in college. I think he held the ball a little long, but – you know, you can pull some metrics that show what, he, what he's able to do. I think this is the kind of draft where you could take him in the second, third round, uh, especially if you've got an aging quarterback and it's kind of your transition.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, developmental guys, as you mentioned. The other position for skilled players that is kind of exciting is tight ends. So there may be two first-rounders, I'm thinking, from what I've seen so far. Both the guys from Iowa. Yeah, the tight
0: ends – that position has evolved. It used to be about a three-year build-up period. You know, you draft and takes about three years for them to break out and be any good. Uh, we're seeing a lot better athletes. I think Gates kind of paved the way as the tight end, who was a basketball player that kind of made the transition over, big, tall, can catch the ball. You know, you had the Gronk, the Hernandez. You still have, uh, you know, you had Tony G. You went and just came back. Um, so I think the tight end is going to be a spot to really watch.
1: Yeah, it definitely will be. Um, I'm looking forward to the draft myself. I think it's, We're about a month and a half away, so as we get closer, we're going to try to bring on some guys who really specialize in this to get you some insights both from the fantasy side and just from the NFL side. So if there's anybody you want to hear from, send them our way, and we'll try to get them on.
0: Definitely. Um, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up here. We want to get back to a little bit on the shorter side. I know we promised you guys when we first started it would be about 15, 20 minutes, uh, definitely no more than a half hour. Uh, We had some great guests, uh, Jimmy Mack being one, know we got into some great discussions, and we ended up having to do them a little longer perfectly fine we'll hopefully get him back on uh, i know one of the big things we're gonna do is like dave said get a lot of guests uh with the draft coming up over the summer we've got a lot of good things planned for us but make sure you do like rate and subscribe to us um we do appreciate all the feedback we've been getting uh he and dave and i are looking to make this really great you can find me uh at drew ferraro 88 uh, on twitter you can find the podcast at Eagle Sports podcast dave tell the folks where they can find you sure d sanders 877 Excellent. Now, uh, look forward, we're going to have part two. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, baseball, basketball, and a little bit of uh, sports rivalry. So uh, that's going to take it out, up. Uh, that's it for us. And uh, now a little word from our sponsor, Anchor.